today's podcast, we have Brody Fawcett. I'm so excited to jump into this one. Brody sold in the door-to-door space for eight years, achieved financial freedom, and then transitioned out of the space to do real estate full-time. While he's been doing real estate, he also started a real estate coaching business who I've talked to multiple people that have gone through his program. Besides that, he's an incredible human being. It's been so fun to follow Brody and his story. It's been very inspirational. And so let's jump into it. Brody, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on. Dude, what's up? I'm happy to be here. I'm stoked to do this. So thanks for the the uh, official invite. Living the good life and in Maui right now. Is it at Maui a place right you now, own yeah. or a rental or what? Uh, yeah, a place I own. Yeah, it's sick. Uh, I, I was gonna say both because that's how we do things, right? If you own it, it has the it has the potential to be a <laughs> rental, and for and, sure, uh, it's funny because actually bought it not planning on moving out here. There's uh, like three separate kind of kitchens to this house, and in Hawaii they call them uh, ohanas. Um, yeah. In in uh, the mainland, I guess call them studios. I guess is what you what you would say, but. There's the main house and then there's two studio apartments attached to it. And so we're like, oh, this is going to be an awesome investment. And then one thing led to another and kind of on a whim, we're like, you know what? We're not tied down anywhere. Let's just move into Go the house it. as soon as we got done yeah. remodeling it. So that's here we sick. Are. So as of right now, like, do you guys have plans to stay there forever? Or are you just kind of winging it and stay for a month or two to see how it feels or what? Yeah. So when we came out, we're like, we're committed to six months. So we're like, let's go out for six months and let's see kind of go from there. And it was funny. My wife said to me the other week, she's like, do you see us leaving at the end of the year? And I'm like, uh, she's like, cause I don't, I'm loving it here. So I don't know, man, we'll, we'll see. We're just kind of playing it by ear. We still, you know, have a house in Utah that we can bounce back and forth to whenever, but right now it feels good and, and enjoying it. And it's kind of like, it's part of the, it's been on the, like the vision board for a long time, right. To have a, a second home. Yeah, somewhere on an island, and and so we're just. I love the idea of like flexibility and freedom, and I feel like I have that. And so right now we're happy here, loving it here. And our nanny lives in one of the one of the studios, and then the other studio we just use as a an office. And so it's working out awesome so far. So that's so cool. So my sister, she lives on Oahu on the North Shore, okay. and they have a house that's right by the beach, and their home. Um, they can house hack too. So like part of it, they can rent out in just a, a separate unit. That's part of the same house. Yeah. And they were doing that for a while and then got a little bit more tricky with the Airbnb laws there. But anyways, if they rented out the part that they lived in, they could do really, really well, well enough that, um, my brother-in-law, her husband wouldn't have to work. And so they just took six months off and just took the kids and went and traveled while they rented out Ooh. their house and, yeah. made like phenomenal money enough to cover the travel. So, you know, finding a really valuable property that's valuable to you, chances are it's probably really valuable to other people as well and works out really 100%. well. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I'm sure we'll, we'll jam on real estate more, but one reason why I love real estate investing is because you can get creative and do stuff like that. You know, and I think this house was a perfect example because um, a lot of people, I think they, like who doesn't want a second home in Hawaii somewhere, right? But then what sure. people back from from doing that, it comes down to like, oh, I don't have enough money right now is usually the thing, right? Or I don't have the flexibility to go and use it, which might be another thing, which are two things I'm passionate about, right? Creating that time freedom and that financial freedom. But 
Um, what's so Definitely. cool about real estate and like this house is a perfect example is like I bought it for a million bucks. It appraised for 1.55. And so you have this equity that's created in there because you went and got a good deal on it. Right. And so it worked out perfectly to where um, I bought it using hard money, refinanced it, actually cash out and, and got money in my pocket plus money for the rehab. And so it didn't cost me any money to like get this house. And then on top of all of that, both of the studios rented out, right? They cover, um, just about cover the mortgage of the main house. Wow. Wow. And so anyhow, it's just crazy. Like you stop and like, it's so easy, I think to, to be like, oh yeah, one day, someday I, I've been obsessed with this concept lately of like dreaming bigger, faster. And I think so many times we hold ourselves back from how fast we think something's possible. And it's like, I'm going to put that on the back burner and that's on my vision board and I'll get there at some point. I'll live that lifestyle. And I think it hurts us in a lot of ways because it actually holds us back from getting it sooner because mentally we have these roadblocks of, you know, I don't have enough money or I don't have enough skills to be able to do that yet. When you probably do, it's just a matter of getting creative and finding a way to make it, make it happen. Well, that's so cool. That's really inspiring that you're doing that. So I'm glad we, we touched on it. Let's jump into your door-to-door history. How long did you do door-to-door? How old were you when you started in the industry? Just want to understand a little bit more about your background there. Yeah. So, um, I was in the door-to-door space for about nine years, eight to nine years and all with one company, um, Vivint the entire time. The last few years kind of shifted more to the, to the solar stuff. Um, but still, you know, with the same company and yeah, I got, uh, I got, recruited in in college I was walking down campus and I think it was the the pickup line at the time which actually worked so maybe this is a good tip but this guy's like hey are you on the track team and and I wasn't but I'm like oh maybe he thinks I'm fast or something you know stroking my ego and so I started talking to him it's like yeah I ran track in high school is that why you ask and and yeah so uh, that was good and we got we got on the topic and I was very like entrepreneur minded at the time and so I'm like, hey, I have this app that I'm developing and I want to spend my time doing this. And so the summer won't work out for me because I got this plan, right? We've, we've heard it a thousand times um, just sure. talking to reps and recruiting people, right? They, they have it all figured out. But um, kind of sold me was like, well, that's cool. Keep doing that. But if you could come do this for a summer and a few months and it can allow you to, to build up some capital so that you can dive into that and really invest into your company, and wouldn't that be awesome? And so kind of led to that road. And then I, I went and did that my first summer. And it was like, oh, wow, this is actually better than my original business idea. And I saw I want to go all in on this thing. And yeah. that's how it kind of got started. And uh, all the way up until, and I did that, that was when I was single. I got engaged that, that uh, first summer. But uh, I have one semester left for my finance degree. And it's been that way for, I think, I don't know, six years now. And so yeah. it, it led me all the way up until I'm like, all right, I'm either going to finish school or, or drop out and kind of take this more seriously. And so I did that and uh, yeah, blessed my life completely. And I think like throughout the whole time, right. I, I had the vision of like, I'm doing this so that, you know, I can build up capital so that I can create more freedom in my life rather than the opposite of like, living to live another summer, right? Living to work another summer. And, and so, so I want to talk about that because the way, like when I have friends or family that call me up and they're like, what do you think? I'm thinking about going out, whatever. And 
The number one piece of advice I always give is make sure that you have an exit plan. And if you have an exit plan, then I think it's really worth it because even if you don't make a lot of money, there's so many skills that you'll get from the experience. But you and I have both seen a lot of people that live another year, another year, another year. And then all of a sudden they're 20 years deep and there is no exit plan. And so that's why I think it's so important to have an exit plan. And it sounded like you kind of had that from day one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause like, I, I think it was because I saw it right from the get go. I looked around and I'm like, I, I see these people that no offense, you know, they've been doing it for, you know, eight, nine, 10 years. And they've, they keep saying like, this is my last year. This is my last year. This is my last. And then they come and do it another year. And there's nothing wrong with doing it another year. But ultimately totally. these were people that they didn't want to be doing it. And so I wanted to be in a situation where I didn't mind the hard work. I actually like thrive off of it, right? I love it. Um, but I like working hard with a purpose in mind and knowing that it's setting me up like a hard today is setting me up for an easier tomorrow, not a hard today, just so I can go and have another hard today. And I think seeing people around me that like didn't want to be in the situation they were, but they were forced to because they weren't smart with their money or smart financially. Um, it just made me from the beginning be like, okay, one, who's making like good money. Okay. It's people that are managing. Okay. What do I need to do to manage next year? You know? So that was like early on in my radar, um, from just not selling, but actually recruiting and, and building around that. And then the other piece was like, how do I take as much money off the table now and be smart with that and invest it in, in cash flow, passive income producing assets that when the time comes when I want to be done, I can leave on my terms because I want to leave. Yeah. You said two things that I want to dive into from that. The first was, and I think it's good to clarify, it's not that another year is bad. It's a very lucrative industry and there's so much self-development that comes from it. I think it is a hard job with a family and can be hard to do sustainably for, you know, 20 years. But I do think that a lot of people have other passions, like to start other companies and they want to get outside of that. Right. And that's where I think it's a tremendous vehicle. But the second thing is, is when you're 22, 21, 20, whenever it is that people get into the space, I mean, it's really hard to know that you should be producing or investing in starting to produce cash flow assets. So sounds like you kind of had that vision early on. So how did you have that vision? I know, like, is it something your dad taught you? Did you have a mentor? Did you have a real estate team that was helping you? Like you had that vision and that's, that's really incredible that you had it at an early age. Yeah. No, I've thought a lot about this as well. Right. And I think it's a, a mixture of a couple things. Like the first one is I go back to all the jobs that I had leading up to, you know, before I got into the, the sales world and, yeah. you know, at first it started out like I worked at, uh, I worked for my grandpa before I was 16 and he had a ranch. And so, um, one thing that was ingrained in me early on was there was so much work to do. And so I could ultimately work as many hours as I wanted to. Right. And so like, there was this little switch in my head that said like, okay, Brody, you know, you're getting paid 12 bucks an hour. Um, if you can put in 12 hours a day instead of eight hours a day, that's going to add up at the end of the week to a lot more money. And so I'm like, cool, I have control over that. I can work harder and be in control of my paycheck a little bit. And then, and then that kind of like, I, I got a job working at a car wash um, and did that for a long time all through high school. Um, and made a lot of money through like tips, right? And so I'm like, 
I, I had control of if I provided a little bit extra, you know, customer service or if someone came through and I washed their windows just because or just little things like I knew I could be in control of making a little bit more money because people would ultimately tip me more money. And so these little yeah. things that started to like give me control over, hey, I'm going to do these little things because ultimately I'm buying myself time, right? And then as you know, like like sales and commission commission-based jobs, like the, the Mecca of that, right. Where you figure out like, Holy smokes, I'm not getting paid per hour. I'm getting paid per the work that I get done. And so if I can get better at sales and I can, you know, ultimately overrides are introduced to that as well. When you start growing a team, right. And then equity, sure. you're starting to play a bigger role in a company. And so it's like, dude, if I can go and like work really hard and, and take part in all of these things to where my time ends up being worth more money, um, then that's a great, great thing. Right. And so I think I saw a lot of that. I saw the freedom that created. And then to me, naturally that kind of led into to real estate. And I bought my first house actually, um, before I went out for the summer for that first year. And that was kind of like a, a learning experience. Cause I didn't get into it knowing that it was going to give me passive income. It was more from all my friends paying rent, me living in one of the bedrooms. And then all of a sudden realizing that, as I'm working, you know, part-time at Gold's Gym and on the flip side, all my friends are paying rent. I'm not paying any money. And then I go pay all the expenses, the mortgage on the property, and there's still all this money left over. And it was equal to the same amount that I was making actually putting in time and trading time. Yeah. 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 And so I'm like, whoa, this, I'm not trading time for money here. And over here I am, and it's the same amount of money. And so I think it's just like this light bulb moment of like, how can I go create more of this income? And is there a situation where I can, I can go double down on this and I can do it again and again and again and build up this passive income to where I'm working hard right now, right? I'm taking the capital I'm making and being smart with it. But all it's doing is it's buying me freedom for my future lifestyle. And I don't know, I don't know what about that that makes me like fired up, but I just, I love, love, love the idea of being in control of life and being ahead and getting to decide what you do, when you do it, with who you do it, right? All those things, like, I think it just fills my cup and it, it just gets me super excited to go grind. Yeah, it's so interesting because I remember before I had never worked a, a commission-based job that the the weekly paycheck that was a set amount, that just felt so good and my mind processed that very well, right? Yeah. And I remember getting that first commission only sales job. And it scared the crap out of me. It's so scary. <laughs> right. But it's so interesting now, like fast forwarding the last, you know, 20 years of my life, that's all I've had pretty much 17 oh. years actually. And, and like, there's no way I'd ever go back. Right. And, and yeah. it's interesting. I was talking with somebody in their thirties this week and they did sales for a little bit and then they took a really high end engineering job. And the whole reason he wants to quit his job is because he's like, no matter how good I do at my job, I get paid the exact same amount of money. If I kill it on a project and this client really loves me and I really move the needle for my company, I get paid the exact same amount of money. And so like, there's something so wrong with that. And you really don't feel that until you've done the full commission. And then I think once you've done the full commission, I think you're ruined, but in a good way right. because you want to be compensated for your efforts. Right. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's what keeps people coming back year after year, right? That's why they 
they do it even if they don't want to <laughs> come back they come back because yeah that's where you get the the whole wrap of the the golden handcuffs right so one thing that I'm kind of interested in is like you said you sold for nine years. I think I heard on a podcast that you were 26 when you hit financial freedom. Is that right? Uh, yeah, 20, 25. 25. So are you open to walking us through like how many doors um, that you accumulated like throughout that process? Because I think from a rest perspective to try and recreate this, it's helpful to know, okay, Brody had a couple doors or had this many doors when he had true financial freedom and then... Why did you keep selling for a couple of years after you hit that till you exited? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So I, I think the first thing just to touch on is like, um, I think a lot of times, especially in the real estate space, we hear like the word doors, right? How many doors do you have? How many units do you have? Um, and, and in a way, right. It's almost like asking like how many, do, how many bills do you have in your wallet? Right. I don't care if they're hundred dollar bills or $1 bills, but like, let's all compare how many bills we have. Right. And you might have yeah. somebody that has, you know, $51 bills and someone else that has one $100 bill. And we're like, dude, you have 50 bills. That's amazing. Right. And we, we overlook the other side. So, um, I Very always just true. love pointing that out because, um, it, it like, it makes it easier too. Cause it's more of like a quality over quantity type thing. And it totally. makes you realize that like financial freedom really isn't that far out of reach. You don't have to go have a hundred doors to make it happen. Yeah. I want to hurry and say two things on that. One Please. is like, I, I really don't even think about that in my life at all. Cause I, I have what two doors because most of my money has just gone into investing in real estate, but I don't want to manage that real estate. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of different funds and all that. I was talking with Casey bought last week and he's like, I don't have any doors. Like I, I don't want to talk about doors and obviously he's done like incredibly well. And so I just want to echo your point you just brought up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and on the flip side too, like, um, like I was on a, on a plane a couple months ago <clears throat> and I started talking to this guy and he's like, yeah, I have 200 units and da, 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 da. And I'm like, it's awesome, man. And then like toward the end of the flight, um, realized he invested in a syndication that was a 200 unit apartment complex. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so he just, he had like a p small portion of that or whatever portion of that, but he's claiming the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a whole nother thing. Right. But it's just like, yeah, it's so important. It's like, yeah, dollars over doors. Right. And results over roofs. And that's what I always say. But, um, cool. but yeah, to kind of like go, <laughs> go back to it. And the reason I bring that up too, is cause that's really a part of my investing strategy is, um, I want to use the least amount of my own money to build the most amount of passive income through real estate. <clears throat> and so there's different ways to do that, but having that as a baseline, one I love because it it doesn't allow it allows you to get in the game, right? Usually what's holding most people back is capital or so they think. And so they're like, oh, I need money in order to make money. I need money and make money. And so I love like focusing on, hey, how do I use the strategies and the tactics that require the least amount of my own personal capital while at the exact same time build the most amount of passive income? And so that's what like we focus a lot on in real estate investing school and, and teaching. And that's what I've used my strategies around is like, how do I get into these deals that have a lot of passive income, but don't require a ton of upfront cash and capital. And so um, like my first deal, I, I kind of talked about it. One that I bought on accident because none of my buddies could find a place to rent. I was getting ready to go to college and it was my mom's idea. And she was a real estate agent. She's like, 
well, you could just buy a house and let them live there and, and they'll pay you rent. And I didn't understand how that worked at all. I was like, I don't have that much money. I really legit thought you had to go, you know, save up that much money in cash, the price of the house and buy the house cash in order to buy a house. <laughs> I didn't understand you could get a loan. I didn't understand why someone would give you a loan. And so, yeah, um, I, I learned a lot through that process. And, and uh, even then I didn't think real estate was that cool until a few months in, like, I'm like, holy smoke, I'm actually collecting these checks and I'm making this mailbox money and it's not requiring any work. Like this is really, really cool. And so, um, you know, that was my first deal that I bought. And like the reason I bring up like quality over quantity is for me, talk a lot about like this freedom number. Right. And I'm like, okay, what's the, I remember Googling it <clears throat> where I was living. What's the, what's the average income, um, in my County. Right. And it wasn't anything crazy. I think it was like 42,000 bucks or something like that. I'm like, cool, let me reverse engineer this because if I can make that much money, you know, as a college kid and in passive income, then technically I could retire, right? That's what average person's making. That's enough to cover all my expenses plus some. It's not expensive for me to live. And so I remember just like reverse engineering that and being like, okay, that's going to be this much money per month. And then I remember looking at the current real estate deal that I had. And I'm like, how many more of these do I need, right? And at that time it was making me um, a little over like 800 bucks a month. And uh, I still have that house today actually. And it's closer to like $1,800 a month because rent's gone up. I moved out. I can now rent out my room. Right. Um, and so that was kind of the start of all of it was like, what are those numbers that I need to hit? And then how can I go find those deals that are going to make up for that? And so I think like my first four properties, um, all averaged right around $900 of cash flow after all the expenses. Wow. Um, wow. Whereas like a lot of people, right, they'll, they'll buy a, a unit or a door that, that uh, might cash flow a hundred or $200 is probably more average for people. Right. So totally. Um, so you came out yeah. swinging with some huge wins for your first couple of properties. Yeah. Yep. That was my focus. And, and so that's been good. And then it's kind of like evolved a lot since then and doing some like bigger stuff now, which is fun. We're building a, a tiny home resort, some apartment complexes. And uh, some bigger deals that now, like the, the last three deals that I've done, um, are all around like the ten thousand, eight to ten thousand dollar a month on the cash flow side, right? They spit out, and so it's the same principles and do the same things. Like, hey, I don't want to use a ton of my cash, but I want to go create these deals, but it's just on a larger scale, and so it's been cool to kind of like see that that evolve as well. Yeah. So when you were, what number were you targeting to try and get that financial freedom? Was it an actual number or was it more of like an average number that you were thinking ahead with a family? Yeah. So, so really like, so I like, I always have like three numbers, right? The first one is, is like bare, like expenses, like just to yeah. like bare minimum to where you could really say like, Hey, I've, I'm financially free. Like this is what it costs me to live <clears throat> and like survive. Right. Um, food, shelter, all that stuff. But like, that's bare minimum. That's not living, you know, maybe this luxurious lifestyle with a lot of extra stuff. And so that's like the first phase. And that's where I hit when I was, when I was 25, right? That's what I was talking about yeah. with the $42,000. $42, um, and looking up what, you know, the average was and reverse engineering that. So to me, that's like the first phase of financial freedom. And then the next one is like maybe a little bit of a stretch goal, right? That, that, uh, like, so for me at the time, it was like, okay, I want to be financially free where my expenses are covered. My stretch goal was like a hundred, um, a hundred thousand dollars a year, right. In passive income. 
and I hit that a few years ago. Um, and then you have one more goal that's like your your big big goal where it's like almost hard to like picture that you're chasing down. And sure. so I think that's been kind of the uh, the process of of all of it. And yeah, I don't know how. I'm pretty open about most things. Yeah. Um, just cause so like, when you were 25 and you hit up. the, you hit the bare minimum, that's why you kept selling for another couple hundred years. Cause you're like probably working towards that stretch goal <laughs> of a yeah. really like comfortable lifestyle. Probably I'm guessing is that, was that the thought process? Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And like, that, and that's the thing. Like I was, even when I, <clears throat> even when I, I say quit. I don't know if quit's a good word. Retired. Maybe that sounds better. Transition. From door to door. Yeah. yeah transition. Yeah. There we go. Um, but even when I transitioned, like it was a, it was a pay cut, right? Like I was taking a step back. Like I, sure. it was leaving a lot. Like I left, I left equity. I left, you know, eight years of building up residual that, that was like come in every single month. Right. <clears throat> I left sales reps that were really, really like talented sales reps, you know, some of the top in the company. And like, walking away from all of that, it's not like you still get paid on it. You know, that was one of the incentives of, of the company keeping you there. Right. Is like, that, that's why I stayed for all the as perks. long as I did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I've worked so hard to build this up. Like me leaving, I'm letting go a lot of that. Not to mention, you know, like <clears throat> you get so good at the job too, where it doesn't feel commission based. Right. Cause it's kind of plug and play and you know what, you know what you're worth. And so I felt like I got to the point where I was coasting and like making really, really good money. But the biggest thing for me was I felt, I felt like I was doing something really good and I had something really good and that's what was keeping me there. Um, but that good thing was keeping me from doing something great. And I didn't know what that yeah. was at the time, but like I felt it right. I'm like, dude, I'm just not like, th- even though I'm being paid well, like I'd rather take a step back and I could do that because of my passive income, even though it wasn't more than what I was making actively in sales, I still felt like I could do that to find something that that has a potential to be great. So is that what it came down to? Is that how you knew you needed a transition was you just weren't feeling as fulfilled? Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't that I was, cause like, and it was still hard, right? Like leaving the job, it, it was hard. And I didn't realize, you know, how much it was probably taking a toll on me. My wife did, but I didn't until like I was completely like out of it. But I looked at it as like, hey, I only I only really need to work a few months out of the year. I have my schedule down. I don't need to knock doors anymore. Like everything's everything's there. Why would I why would I leave? This makes no sense, you know? And uh well, I was like, well, I think it's taking a bigger toll on you than what you realize. And and now being out, like I, I realized it was. Um, yeah. but yeah, that was the biggest thing. Cause like I I I stuck around for like the people and I love the energy and I watch, I love watching people grow and and what it does for their lives. And they're all the same things, you know, all this stuff. Right. Um, but like really what came down to for me was like, I feel like I'm capable of doing something bigger, badder, better. And, and I think too, like looking, we get so, we get so focused on, it's kind of like the bubble, right? Like the, our company or just the industry in general, like we get stuck in this bubble and I'm so grateful for everybody, like the network, the, the, the money that it produced allowed me to do certain things, the skill set, right. Of learning how to sell and read people and like all of those things, most importantly, the network of like you mentioned Casey ball, right. Like being around people like that, that absolutely change your paradigm and the way you think about life and you think about what you're personally capable of accomplishing in life. 
Like that's yeah. that's the number one thing that I got from from my whole experience with sales. And that's why I think um, everybody should do it is all those things you just mentioned. Hundred percent. Yeah. And and I'm I'm still like a lot of people think because I'm because I'm out of and I've transitioned right from sales yeah. that I'm like oh, you need to get out. You need to do this. No, like I'm a huge advocate of it. And you even mentioned like it is hard moving your family. And dude, I would like revolt. Anytime people would say that like, oh, you, it's a lot on your family. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, you, do you know the freedom that my family enjoys? We work for a few months. Who cares if I move them and they want to move and they experience something different? It's not yeah. that bad. Like it almost like would peeve me when people were like, oh yeah, you, you got to get out soon. And you're like, what are you talking about? I like, this is amazing. Right. And so I still stand behind a lot of those things, but, um, on the flip side of that, we get stuck in this bubble of thinking like, Oh, this person went out his first year and made a hundred grand or like this, this, and this, this sounds bad me even saying it. Right. But it's like, you know, this regional manager, like, you know, he, he made half a million bucks or like this guy, you know, made a million dollars last year. And I think, because we look at things that way, I'm not saying that's not good or that's not amazing or any of those things at all. But I think because it's, it's almost looked at as dude, like that's the top of the top. That's the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. Like if I get to be X amount of skilled, like that's what I'm going to aspire to be. And I started looking around and I'm like, okay, what are all the top employees in the company making? And I'm like, not that that's not good or not that it's all about money, but I'm like, I'm capable of more than that, you know? Like, why, why do I want to go grind for the next eight to 10 years and, and still even then not probably be at the level that some of these guys are at, right, with the way sure. things worked out and how, how great they are and still, like, fall short of what I feel like I can go create if I were to step back and go build something else. How long have you been out now? Um, I mean, officially off payroll, <clears throat> probably a year. Little less than okay. a year. So looking back in that year of reflection, <laughs> how do you feel like your timing was? Like knowing what you know now was was nine years the right amount? Do you wish you would have transitioned at six to seven? I mean, when you look at all the yeah. skill sets and network, like you you look at everything that you got out of it. How do you feel about your timing? Yeah, it's such a good question, man. Um, because and I got I got a message on on Instagram today actually. Um, the question was, Hey, I'm in sales. I'm trying to figure out, I've been doing real estate as well. Um, like I'm trying to figure out the best time to transition out. And, uh, it got me thinking about it as well. And it's so hard, right? I mean, it's looking back, it's always, it's always easier to, to put the picture together, but like sure. in the time, like I almost forgot how year three, I was already thinking about like, okay, what's the process to get off the doors, right? Or what, what does this look like to eventually be done? And I think just that's the best way I can explain it is like every single year, even though that was on my mind, it was just like all it did was help. So it wasn't like that I couldn't have left earlier. A hundred percent I could, but it just built up a little bit more of a cushion or a little bit more of a cushion. And so, yeah, it's so, it's so hard to say, like, I'm, I know for certain, like I'm grateful for the people and the experiences that I had. And I'm grateful that I did it as long as I did. Um, and at the exact same time, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that if I would have left sooner that things would have been different, um, or if yeah. I would have stayed in longer that things would have been different. But overall, I just, I feel really good about it. Cool. Maybe tell us about your, your coaching a little bit. You've already mentioned some of the things that you learned there. 
who's a good candidate for it? Like, what are you looking to accomplish going through your coaching program? How much, how often do you meet? How does it all work? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, so that was like my, my transition, right. From doing like full-time door-to-door stuff. I'm like, Hey, what am I actually really passionate about? And then what am I really good at? And, and it was, it was easy. Like real estate was the, the clear solution. Right. And I think that like, because I saw so many people that are like, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to transition and get off the doors. I'm ready to be done. But like, I can't cause I'm stuck. Like I have nothing to fall back on. Um, it gave me even more like fire to like, Hey, I want to help create a program to where people like they can enroll in the program and all of their questions get answered. Like they get kind of like the handheld process of how do I go build my retirement? How do I go take whatever resources I have, even if those aren't resources of actual money or cash and go build my retirement through investing in real estate. And so it was really like combination of all the things that I wish I would have had when I got started, you know, cause you make so many mistakes that cost you time and they cost you money and you like eventually learn it and you figure it out the hard way and you have to sift through <clears throat> so much information. Um, like, cause there's information everywhere, right? Like you have so many good things, but it's also can be a problem cause it takes time to go through that and to figure out what works. And this might work really well, but it's not going to work the best for you because you're in a different situation than that person. And so, Ultimately, um, that's why I wanted to create the the school and the program to where we have a bunch of coaches who have like been there, done that, who have become financially free and they're, they're specialized in certain categories. And so the way the program works is basically, um, one, it's for anybody, any, any experience level, whether you're just barely getting started, I'd say half of our students are like just brand new, like they don't have any properties, um, and the other, the other half are intermediate to advanced. Um, but based on your experience, we put you with a coach based on your resources. We put you with the coach and you go through the entire program. So it's a mixture of like live calls. It's a mixture of one-on-one coaching calls, a mixture of group coaching. We put you in a pod. So you're working with other people. Um, and the whole thing is like, how do we take your end goal of like, Hey, I want, you know, to be financially free by this day, this is how much money I want to be able to have. And we just reverse engineer that and then look at that and say, cool, if this is your goal and this is where you are now and this is what you have to work with, let's help build this path for you. And then let's help hold you accountable. So you stay on that path. Yeah. What's your thoughts on, cause obviously you're doing real estate full-time now, right? Let's say yeah. somebody is knocking full-time and they're going to be for the next couple of years. They eventually want to get to a situation where they're doing real estate full-time, but they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're doing insurance full-time or they're a real estate agent or nine to five, whatever. What's your thoughts on investing in funds versus like owning the house? Like we talked about doors, right? Because there, I see pros and cons with both. And unless you have time carved out to manage it and be hands-on, then I think there's certain situations that are right for certain people. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Great question. So the way I look at it, there's, there's three different types of investors, right? You have like the active investor who's more of the person that's going to be like <clears throat> boots on the ground. They're flipping the house. They're, you know, they're maybe they're wholesaling properties. They're actively doing it. They might be doing it full time, right? Like they might be a full time investor. That's still, it's active. They're using their time very, very actively to build their real estate portfolio. 
And then you have a, a passive investor. That's more what you're talking about. It's, it's very, very passive, right? It's a lot of the real estate deals that you're saying that you do where it's cool. I just, <clears throat> I invest in this fund. I cut the check. I don't have to stress about it. Um, and then there's a third type, which I'll tell you in a second, but with the first two, like obviously you're getting rewarded differently, right? Like with sure. a passive investor, <clears throat> your return's going to be different, right? Which is understandable because you're not putting in as much time. You're just putting in money, right? Whereas like an active investor, they're putting in a lot of time. So they're probably going to get a little bit better of a return, but it also costs them a lot more time. And so you kind of like you balance between the two, what makes the most sense there. And it's going to make different sense for, for different people. But the third type, and this is why I think like everybody should fall in this bucket. And it's the, the, the active passive investor, right? Which means they actively understand real estate. They actively understand like the principles of it. Um, but they invest in it passively for the passive outcome, right? Uh, meaning they don't have to do a deal that maybe they flip a house and it pays them a big paycheck, but then that money is gone. They have to go flip another house if they want to make more money, right? And so I think a lot of it just comes down to it depends on the on the person and the bandwidth they have. Like if, you're, if your superpower is selling solar and you crush it and you do really, really well at it, then it's like, yeah, go, go all in on that. Great. Save up your money, be smart with it and invest it in more of these, these passive, you know, opportunities to invest, but also realize like you might get a 10% return on your investment versus if you're maybe an active passive investor who you actually really understand the investment and you're not afraid to maybe create the investment and, and dive into it a little bit, then you can get a return that, you know, might be 50, 60 70% return on your money, but you're also trading more time. So you're, you're trading some of that solar time, right? You're not selling as many accounts type thing. So sure. I think there's a balance with all of it. Um, but ultimately I think it is really important to, to understand the, the principles of investing. Even if you're going to do a lot of the syndications and just invest in funds and stuff like that, it's still so important to like develop like that base education because you'll be able to make more money. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, looking back, if you had like a little brother or a nephew or cousin and they're just coming in and they're going to start knocking, like what advice do you have for those people on how to start in their real estate career? For example, like one of the, the pieces of advice I'd give to myself is like, hey, while you're going to school, you're paying rent either way. House hack, like to me, that's the biggest no brainer ever. Yeah. Instead of paying rent, just go buy the house and rent it out to your buddies. Like that's the first totally. step. But how do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, house hacking in general, like hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's also what I mean by becoming an active passive investor because some like house hacking, it, it's, it's almost really hard to not make the numbers work for all the different reasons and mostly cause you don't need that much money to actually go and do it. Right. <clears throat> and you sure. have this asset. Um, but like in a scenario like that, even if you're making good money and you're going to invest it in these funds and just write the checks, I still think you need to go house hack, right? Because it's not going to be that hard. You for can sure. get into a house totally. and then, and then worry about that passively, but like might as well take advantage of that. Right. And it's the same thing when someone's like, Hey, I don't own my I'll own my house, but I'm going to go put 25% down on this, this fourplex and go buy it. I'm like, that's fine. Do that. But might as well house hack, you know, put 5% down on a property or three and a half percent down, 
live there and then take 20% and go buy that fourplex like you're already going to do, right? Might as well do both. So I love house hacking. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my little brother does still sell. Um, he's, he's in the, cool. the door-to-door grind right now. Yeah. And, uh, um, so but, what are you uh, helping him do? What kind of stuff are you helping him do in real estate? Yeah. So, and, and, it, and like, it's cool to see him and, and my brother-in-law as well. Um, he's still, he's still in the door-to-door grind and yeah. uh, he just barely bought his first property nice. a couple months ago and, and he's been house hacking that and, and it's been awesome. He's been crushing it. And my other little brother that's in sale, like that's, that's why he's doing it. Like he already has the vision of like both of them actually. And you can ask any of them this and they're like, yeah, no, I'm doing this to make money to invest it in right uh, real estate. So eventually yeah. like I can build up more money and retire. And I think it's that cycle of like most people, they make money and then they spend it. Right. And then when sure. it's over, they invest it, um, which usually isn't very much money. Right. And so that's why they go back to making more money because they didn't have very much left over to invest. Whereas yeah. if you can make the money, invest it and then take the cash flow from the investments and kind of live off of that, it just yeah. creates a much better, better cycle. And, and so I think they have that ingrained where they're like, Hey, like if, if you want, like, instead of buying the nice truck, instead of like buying the boat or the razor, like the fun toys still do that, but just be a little bit disciplined and say like, Hey, I'm going to only buy that with cash flow money from real estate, right? First, I'm going to totally. invest my paycheck and then spend what's left over. Um, and so I think like they, they would say like, yeah, that's ingrained in my mind. Like I'm going to focus on that and building that. And that's what I would tell anybody else to do. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. That's one thing I want to talk about is get the assets to pay for the liabilities. And I think sometimes people think that it's one or the other, like, well, can I have all this stuff or do I need to invest? And it's like, you can do both. And, and for me, like, and you probably relate relate to this, but every year I had to have something that was going to push me or motivate me or reward or whether it's a thing or a trip, whatever. But it's like, if you want that sick car, how much is that monthly payment? Take that same amount of cash and instead of paying cash for the truck, whatever, go buy the property and make it have enough cash flow where the payment can cover itself. And now you just got both. So it's not one or the other. Now yep. you're progressing in, in your financial freedom track, but you're also getting to have fun along the way. And I just see so many times, like it's a trade off for a lot of people and it yes. doesn't have to be that way. Just get the assets to pay for the liabilities. Yes. Dude, I think like if the world understood that concept, things would be a lot different, right? But it just makes things so much more fun too. It, like you don't feel guilty when you go buy it. You actually like really get to reward yourself. Totally. And that's what would like fire me up on the doors. Like literally I'd be thinking about it, you know, between doors is like, okay, if I hit this goal or if I do this many accounts, that equals this much money that means I can buy this property, which means I can get this, right? That was the whole like cycle. It wasn't just like, hey, I'm I'm knocking doors. It's the whole concept of, have you heard that analogy with the, the brick layer? Yeah. Like you have three different yeah. people laying bricks and yeah. Got, yeah. kind of like the, the rundown version of it, right? Is like somebody asked the first guy, like they're all working on the same project. Like, what are you doing? You know, he's like, oh, I'm a mason. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm laying bricks. What does it look like I'm doing? You know? And I love this. I just got to say real quick, bro, <laughs> since you're explaining this, like this is so applicable <laughs> if you're in sales, it doesn't matter if it's door to door. It could be your cold calling for real estate insurance. Like this is it. So keep going. 
Maybe you should tell the story. Maybe I feel like I'm going to butcher it now. No, just keep going. You got this. It's just perspective, like what you're doing along the way. Cause real estate isn't sexy. You know, yeah. if you, if you do a deal and you get $500 of cash flow, like that's not crazy sexy. Right. And if you're, if you're doing cold calls and whatever to save up money to buy a property, sometimes you don't get that same um, dopamine release as you do when you get that new car. Right. But it's all on your perspective and how you perceive the work that you're doing and what it's actually doing for you. And that's where I think this brick story is so applicable. So sorry to interrupt you. Keep going with it. No, no, you're good. Um, Yeah, just kind of wrap it up. Right. And they ask they ask the the next guy like, hey, what are you doing? You know, he's like, well, I'm I'm laying bricks because I'm building this building, you know, and then they ask the last guy, like, what are you doing? And obviously he's doing the best job at it. You know, he's laying them particular and he's also having the most fun and like enjoying it as he's doing it. It's like, what are you doing? And his whole thing was like, well, I'm laying bricks cause I'm building this, this building, this church so I can go and worship my God. Right. And the whole point is like, he had a bigger purpose behind what he was doing and therefore it changed the way he was doing what he was doing and how much enjoyment and fulfillment he got out of it. And so I, I think going back to like taking that and like how, you know, you should look at things with, the industry. And, and like when I'm talking about how I was on the doors, it wasn't, Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm knocking doors because my manager told me to, you know, or cause I don't have anything to do this summer or because I yeah. need to make money. But instead it's like, no, I'm, I'm knocking doors because I'm going to hit my goals because if I hit my goals, I'm going to make this much money. If I make this much money, I'm going to buy this asset. That's going to pay me this much money passively. That's going to allow me to do what I want when I want, where I want with my family. Like it's all part of the plan and the vision who do you think is going to enjoy what they're doing more, do a better job at it. Right. And be able to, to be fulfilled. And I think that, yeah, it all comes full circle. I love it. Cause that's like what you just described your little brother and how he views real estate is the story of the bricklayers, right? He's the third yep. guy. And, and that's really cool. So, um, one question I have for you, Brody is like, I love looking at people once they've achieved achieve that financial freedom, then they're kind of going into their next stages of life. So I think somebody from the outside looking in at you would be like, dude, what's next? Like you, you transitioned and that was such a cool thing, right? You worked so hard for nine years and built up a lot of income that you invested that provided this financial freedom. So now you can go to Maui and be like, yeah, I don't even know how long we're going to stay here. We're just like enjoying life. But it's like, now what, what are you working towards? And I'm sure coaching is really fulfilling and anytime you're helping people grow, it's awesome. But like, what, what are you looking forward to? What's kind of the next goals? Yeah. So good. You asked that question, even just for me, right? Because it, it forces, it's like one of the questions like, I hope no one asks me that because you know, you have to, (laughs) that's one of the things you have to, you can't like make up on the spot or you have to have like thought it through and, and uh, have a, have a mission and have a purpose. And it, it is so true because like you get to a certain stage and it's like, all right, what now, what next? And you hear it all the time, especially financially, you know, like, like not a lot, not a lot changes really going from, you know, 500 grand a year to a million dollars or like a million dollars to, to 1.5 million, like not lifestyle doesn't change. Right. Yeah. Um, for the most part. And so it like it, I think it's good hitting different metrics because then it forces you to be like, what's next? What's like my bigger purpose. And I think a couple of things like this morning um, I was on the phone um, with the contractor and um, anyhow, we're looking at like just rehabbing this, uh, 
I don't want to say too much because like we haven't fully like announced it and everything, it's, but yeah, it's not locked um, down yet. Yeah. It's not locked down yet, but basically um, this family, like in the community, it's been struggling uh, really bad, like in a lot of different areas, um, but just such a good family is having some issues with like their house. And so we're just right now, like figuring all the logistics out. What would it look like to basically build them a whole new house and get enough people to like donate enough money to where, uh, we can like provide this for them. And so like, that was something super fun and just like, like fired me up, right? Like how, how do I go solve this problem? Even though there's nothing, you know, in it, like financially speaking, but like, it's such a fun thing to do. And I think it's cool because I can, um, one help fund things like that. But then like two, I can dedicate time and energy to go do these things that are super fun and fulfilling. Um, so that's one thing that's like got me fired up right now is like, being able to give back in certain ways. Um, I love like real estate investing school, the company I'm, I'm super bullish on just like building a company. I think you go from sales where you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm building my downline. I'm building this, this thing up, you know, and recruiting and that like, that doesn't leave that whole sales thing. And like growth is fun. Right. And personal growth is fun. There's a reason that we're fulfilled when like we're getting stronger and in more shape and growing as a person and growing spiritually. Right. Like there's no, it's no coincidence that as we're growing, that's also when we're the most happy and the most fulfilled. Totally. And so, and I think like God designed things to, to be that way on purpose because we're supposed to maximize our, our potential. And so I think like for me, it's been a lot of like um, self-reflection and different things like that. Like how can I go grow more in all these levels of my life? But I do get excited about, yeah, building a company and, and uh, like right now it's been a, a big focus of like, what does things look like for 2023 and how do we go really like make a statement and go make a splash instead of it being like, Oh, this is just a, yeah, a company that teaches real estate on the side, but actually like creating this awesome, awesome well-known brand. And, and that definitely fires me up too. So. Well, dude, it, it's so fun watching you. And so I, I think it's really inspirational. I mean, the, one of the moments I had when I've just been watching you on social that I'm like, this is so sick is especially hearing that you've been doing this like off payroll less than, or around a year. Right. It's pretty crazy. Like, but I remember this one time when Brandon Turner was there, you know, with you and it's just crazy to think that. And I wonder if you thought that like within one year off being off payroll that you could be hanging out with the biggest dude in real estate uh-huh. in the world and like working on stuff. It's just crazy. And then just like how much is exploded with your brand and, and the real estate coaching, it's just so cool, man. So love watching it. Thanks, dude. Yeah, it's it's like I, I love stuff like this just because <clears throat> like I'm a very, I don't know, vision driven person. Like I love the concept of like dreaming big, right? And like writing my goals down and like in, in, in Casey's helped with that a ton over the years with like instilling the top 10 and all these different things, right? But like it's it's really cool like to see a lot of those things start to like turn into reality. Right. And it's the same thing with Brandon and like, like most of my past, I didn't know, know Brandon before this year, but now we're like super good friends and, and uh, he lives pretty close to me um, right now on, on Maui. But like um, a lot of that was intentional, you know, like so intentional of like, Hey, I want to get to know this person. Like, I think it could be good on so many different levels. I like what this guy stands for. And so um, being intentional about that to the point where it's like something I wrote down, you know, every, we did a, a, I did a goal setting retreat. I do one with my wife every year. Um, and we've invited different couples. It's been fun. 
but I did one with my friends this last year. It was super fun. There was uh, like 15 of us who went to Vegas, got like this, this awesome uh, hotel suite and we just spent the whole day like mapping out all of our goals and writing down like, um, really what we left with like, Hey, what are our top three goals for 2022? And you ask anyone that was in my, my group, like one of those goals was become friends with Brandon Turner. Right. And so it's just cool. like, even though it's such a little concept, you know, and, uh, and, and I love Brandon. He's awesome. But like, it's, I love the idea more importantly above all of that of just like, Hey, what do you want? What does life look like? If you were to design it, like, what's your perfect day? Like, I love talking to people. Hey, where would you wake up? Where would you live? What would you do? What time would you go to bed? Who would you be around? Like, well, if you know what you want, you have clarity around that. Like, how cool would it be if you felt like you had the power to go and design that and create that and turn that into a reality? And uh, I just think there's something special about knowing what you want and then putting it into practice. And I'm not saying I'm there by any means at all, but it's yeah. just something so cool to, to go and create and build. Well, you are there because I'm sure Maui just didn't happen by mistake, right? I'm sure it was probably no, one of those not. things. Yeah, it was it intentional, was, very intentional. It was intentional, I'm sure. So it's really cool to see that. Thanks, well, thanks for coming on, Brody. If people want to follow your, you and find out more about the school, what's the best way for them to look you up? Yeah, so you can either go to realestateinvestingschool.com. Um, we have an Instagram page, real, at realestateinvestingschool. Uh, my personal one is just Brody Fawcett. But, uh, but yeah, always happy to jam, always happy to help out and add value however I can. And uh, I just want to say thanks to you as well. I, I, uh, I was following you on social media before, even before you reached out about this, I didn't want you to know this, you know, cause I didn't reach out. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know if I've heard of the podcast, but sure. Let's jump on. When really I'm like, Oh no, this guy's a, this guy's a stud. So <clears throat> it's been fun following you too. And just like seeing your lifestyle, it's different people catch your eye for different reasons. Right. Yeah. You see the way they live and the things that they're doing and you're like, Oh, that's cool. Like, who's this guy? That's, it doesn't happen very often, by the way, you know, you see sure. so many people on your feet and different things and you're like, okay, this person's probably trying a little too hard, or I don't know if that's legit, but every once in a while we're like, oh, this guy resonates with me, the way he's living his life, the way he values certain things and treats certain people and books that he's reading. And and uh, so you caught my eye because of that. So I knew exactly who you are and reached out. So I appreciate it. Awesome, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate you carving out some time while you're out in Maui for us. This was very helpful and, and very inspirational. So thanks for living a life by design. 